it's my joy and privilege to welcome Pastor Andy Dillnot to come and open the Word of God, surely. I first met Pastor Andy working on the AOG area team in the Central, and uh, this is what I can say about this man. There hasn't been a moment in my whole life where he hasn't encouraged me and seen something different in my life. And um, I spent six years working alongside Becky and I, spent six years working alongside him and Becky in Nottingham at their church, New Horizon, and building church for the kingdom of God. And we loved every moment. So please welcome him as he comes and opens the word. Good afternoon. Why don't you turn to the person next to him and say, I'm really glad you came. <coughs> and uh, <coughs> forgive me if you're an introvert, but, <coughs> well, <coughs> yeah, good. I remember you can't lie at chur- in church, yeah, so it's good. Well, the Lord is in this place, amen, and uh I just want to start by saying it is a real joy to be here, and uh, just the way that you've welcomed uh, me and uh, our families, and my wife Becky and my eldest Timothy and my youngest James, and uh, you did an amazing job. Why don't we just welcome the, uh, thank the welcome team. It was so good. Well done, guys, because <coughs> for some people, coming into a church is quite daunting, Yes. And the way that you just welcome people and the way the worship band led us, well done. Um, you've just been superb. And I just feel God's going to enlarge your gift. And uh, you've just touched God's heart with what you're doing and, and the spirit that God's put in you. And get excited for the future. Amen. Amen. Well, good. So, uh, yes, I became an Assemblies of God minister in 2007. And I became the senior pastor of the church in uh, 2008. And so, yes, I did become a pastor at the age of 15. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering about that. And uh, before Pastor Steve came to work for me, he, he had no gray hair at all. So I don't know what that speaks of, of, of uh, working uh, with me. And uh, it's a real honor and privilege uh, that the invite from the, the leaders and Pastor Steve to share on this occasion They've asked me to share a word of God uh, for around three hours, and uh, I'm only joking. It's only going to be two and a half hours, and um, uh, so it's a real um, blessing to be here. And and what a great story that me and Pastor Steve had is before he worked for the church, (coughs) he had a short spell in hospital, and uh, I went to see him, and uh, and when we went to see him, he was on his bed, and there was no chair. And so um, there was only space in his bed. And so, and, and at the same time, um, our youngest James had just been born. And this is a true story. And I went to visit Pastor Steve. And as I climbed into his bed, um, I fell asleep. <coughs> and so, you know, I was horrified. And so he's a pastor of grace. And uh, we have shared the bed together, but that's in a hospital. So there we go. Good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word says that faith comes by hearing. It also says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, I pray today 
that the words of my mouth and the words that I will share will create faith in Restore Church and wider and that our lives and our churches will be pleasing to you. Amen. I just want to share on a short Bible verse that I really feel strongly led of God to share. And if you're unfamiliar with church or you're not a Christian here, don't worry. Um, I'm not trying to convert you, uh, but I do believe the Holy Spirit's going to be working uh, in this place. And you're very welcome to be here. And what I want to share is this Isaiah 60 verse 13 that says, I will glorify the place of my feet. I will glorify the place of my feet. And I believe that is a word for your life, and it's a word for restored church, and it's, it's a word for many, many people of God in this time. And this is a title I want to share just for a few moments. It's, if you look after the temple, the glory will look after itself. If you look after the temple, the glory will look after itself. Self. And you know, now I've been in church leadership for, for 22 years. And what I've understood and what I've learned on the journey is that most Christians, nearly every Christian, wants to see the glory of God in, in their lives and in their church. Amen. Because we need to see and experience and witness and carry the majesty and the presence and the glory of God. And so, over 22 years, most Christians want to see and witness and experience the glory of God. But not many Christians want to prepare the temple and live a life and build a church where Jesus can walk through easily. And I want us to share with you that if you build this church where Jesus and his presence can be, and if you build a life where Jesus can walk through easily, the glory of God will look after itself. Amen? Because that's a result of us giving Jesus space. Can I ask you the question, what glory do you want to see in your lifetime? And now I know right now that Plymouth Argyle are top of League One. Let's, let's have a quick drink. And what makes it even better is that Plymouth Argyle are above Derby County. <laughs> and as a Forest fan, that is so good news. And because I've really witnessed some glory last year, as after 23 years in the wilderness, maybe this is a prophetic word for some people, but after 23 years in the wilderness, Nottingham Forest promoted to the promised land, uh, the Premier League, and we've signed 29 signings. I mean, who does that? But anyway. But I really believe you need to start thinking, what glory do you want to see in your lifetime? Because I know that the earthly glory pales in, into insignificance compared to the glory of God. Amen? And so I just really believe that you need to be expecting. You see, this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 16. It speaks about the church that is filled with glory. What does that look like? It may be a strange concept. What does, what does that mean? What, how's that going to work out? And he says, this is what a church of glory looked like. It says, all assemble and come to you. And I believe today 
that people in this locality, and I really sense that some people have got the removal vans coming to Plymouth because God wants to say, I want to assemble all those will come to you. It says that the wealth of the seas will be brought to you. Wow, this is a famous place for the seas. I'm looking forward to have a bit of a stroll later. But the, and I believe that's a, a word for this church. It says, I will adorn my glorious temple. I will show you my favor and my compassion. Your gates will always stand open. No longer will violence be heard in your land. And you really know that God is doing something when actually God is working in the community. And let's believe for this amazing place, Plymouth. Even I feel like uh, coming to it now. It's amazing what God's doing. But let's, let's believe that violence is not going to be heard in this, in this place. Because we know when the Welsh revival happened, um, you knew it had happened because all the prisons were empty. Yes? That there was no troublesome people that God had moved and changed their hearts. Yes? It says that no longer will violence be heard in your land. Your days of sorrow will end. A lot of people are suffering great sorrow right now, but we believe that if the glory of God pours out, that the day of sorrow will end. Amen? It says, instead of bronze, I will bring you gold. Instead of iron, I will bring you silver. Instead of wood, I will give you bronze. Instead of stone, I will bring you iron. And what that's speaking about, it's about that yesterday had a glorious day. And, and, and today, this afternoon, I want to honor all of those of you. This, this service has been, you have prayed over year after year. You've worked behind the scenes. The voluntary capacity that goes into a local church is immense. And I want to say, I really pray today that you embrace this. And I want to honor you and thank you. Thank you for, for keeping standing. Thank you for keeping serving. Thank you for keeping praying. Because in Haggai 2 verse 9 it says, The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. Come on, let's give God some praise. Wow. Believe in that. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Psalm 30 says, weeping may, be, may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen. And I, I don't know much about this church. I, I know that Steve and Becky love to be here, and we had to deliberately set a bedtime last night, or we could have spoken all night about uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Becky's enthusiasm and, and love with this church, and it made my heart glad. They love your church. They're excited. They're telling me you've got brilliant people. And, but we're going to believe that if any area of people's lives are weeping, I don't know if you come with a weeping heart. I just feel a word for you is hanging in there because joy's coming. Amen? And we're going to believe that as people's lives get restored in this church, we're going to see weeping people move into a whole new season of joy. Amen? Amen. Well, the interesting thing is, is um, 
before God fills his house with glory, he always speaks. You always hear his voice. God speaks about his glory to Moses, David, Solomon, Zerubbabel, Ezra, Isaiah, and he speaks of his glory in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 43 verse 2 says, I saw, I saw, we've seen some things happening today. What I'm going to describe to you for me is one of the greatest things you can see in your life, even more than Plymouth Argyle getting promoted. He says, I, he says, I saw the glory of the Lord, the God of Israel, coming from the east, and his voice, his voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land, and Plymouth, and this area, and can I say Devon and Cornwall? was radiant with his glory. And I pray today in a place famous for many waters that every church will hear the voice of running and rushing waters from the Lord. Amen? And so we've got a promise that if you look after the temple, the glory will look after itself. But there's a great challenge for us looking after the temple. Yes, because you don't need to manufacture or worry about the glory because that's God's business. And if you do what God's asking you to do, God wants to say to restore church, he will do what only he can do. Amen. And so I've got a few points and then we're done. Are you, everyone ready? Is everyone ready to look after the temple? And when I say temple, we, in the New Testament, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And also I'm speaking about the church. And three points, if you look after the vision, the glory of God will look after itself. If you look after the altar, the glory of God will look after itself. And if you look after the mission, the glory of God will look after itself. If you look after the vision, the glory of God will look after itself. Can I ask every person here, and the Lord Mayor, you spoke with so beautiful words. And so thank you for being here. And I really feel, you know, for the city of Plymouth and wider field, what do you see? Because sometimes we have to define the glory. What do you see? This is a day of vision. Amen? And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we get a great story about David, God using a, a young boy named David to slay Goliath. And, and maybe there's some giants in Plymouth that need slaying. Yes? Because if you're going to be a house of glory, it's going to empower you to take down some giants. Amen. And we've seen that on, on our journey. Uh, our journey, we, we started in, a, in an old building and then we outgrew that after a few years. Then we moved into a theater that we hired every Sunday and then we outgrew that. And we was looking for a new building and uh, the, the best building in our area uh, came on the market. And uh, I rang uh, the, the, the estate agent and they said, you will never get that building. The UK's biggest retailer, which we probably think is Tesco, have got that building. Do you realize how powerful this business is? They can buy a whole neighborhood, yes, if they wanted to. And I said, well, I, you know, and he's quite indignant and quite rude, but in my heart I was thinking, well, they may have a lot of power, but my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> Amen? And, and... 
And with gritted teeth, the agent said the owner of the building would like to speak with you. Amen. And uh, in 2019, we, we moved in through a, a lot of help from uh, Pastor Stephen Becky to our 12,500 12 uh, square feet building. And, uh, and so with mega building, you get mega, mega bills. Yeah, because the giants keep coming. And our electricity bill has gone from 420 to 950 pounds a month. Yeah, so your energy bills uh, might be big, but I've got some bigger ones. Amen. But God wants to, that's why he has some glory. He wants to see some giant things happen. Amen. But the truth is, before David could even take the field against Goliath, there was a guy called Samuel who had to have a vision for the future. Yes? And so the glory of God poured out through David by slaying a giant. But it all started when Samuel had to have a new vision. You see, the Bible says in the, in the chapter before that, that Samuel, um, that the king Saul had, had passed away. And there was this season of transition between Saul and David. And the difficulty was, is that Samuel went and he was obeying God, but he, was, he walked with yesterday's vision. Yes? Because he was walking and the first thing he did was he went to anoint the, 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 one of Jesse's sons. And he, and he went to someone who just looked exactly like Saul. And today is a great day because today is about acknowledging and thanking God for yesterday's vision. Because Saul did some amazing things, but he had to step into a new vision. And today is a day of transition, and, and God has trusted you to be here to help this transition, moving from yesterday's vision into today's vision. Because transition can be a little bit difficult, right? So I'm just going to address the elephant in the room, and it's all going to go quiet. For us to release Pastor Steve and Becky to this place, we as a church have had to transition. His office is still vacant in terms it's not been redecorated yet. And, uh, and we've had to uh, raise more people up. We've had to interview people. We've had to, we've had to change. Yes? Because Pastor Steve and Becky at New Horizon Church, that was yesterday's vision. Yes? And we've had to step in to today's vision. And for you here, Pastor Steve and Becky, you've had a great uh, uh, yesterday's vision. But God wants to say, you can't move forward with yesterday's vision. We need to celebrate it and say how wonderful it is that God has led to this point. But now we need to step in and embrace new vision. And that can be challenging, right? Because change is not always easy. But I want to reassure people, if you're feeling, oh, I want you just to know that God's on it and he's working and this is God's plan. Amen. So just be a feel, feel assured. And these are not just brilliant people. These are godly people. Yes. And I know that they will do well with a humble and gracious attitude that they carry. Amen. And so... Maybe right now, you've got to say yesterday's vision was good, 
But like, Sam, like Samuel, we've got to anoint David. Yes? We've got to anoint today's vision. Today's vision. It says this in Psalm. It says, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Did you hear that, church? It says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon, came powerfully upon David. And I believe if you're here in the congregation of Restore Church, we want to come round Pastor Keith and Steve and say, we're going to live in today's vision. We're going to recognize the hand of God that is working. And if you do that, if you say, we're going to support you, we want to anoint you, we want to encourage you, then if you look after the vision, the glory will look after itself. Amen? Okay, the second quick thing. If you look after the altar, the glory of God will look after itself. In Ezra chapter 3, it says that God was wanting to fill his house with glory. And uh, this would be the same house where Jesus, approximately 500 years later, would actually walk into this place with his soles of his feet touching the floor. Just imagine that. I really hope that God gave Zerubbabel just a few moments to see the ancients of days, the Lamb of God, the creator of the whole universe, just to come and enter that place. Wow. Just think about that. And... You know, the truth is, is that we can't see God's glory without a fully functioning altar. Did you hear that? We can't do it. You cannot see the glory of God without a fully functioning altar. See, the great exciting thing is God spoke to Ezra and Zerubbabel that I'm going to fill my house with glory. But there was a big problem. The problem was that the altar, the Bible says the altar had been broken. And sometimes we, we jump ahead and we want to get involved in the temple and we want to do things. But first, you can only be involved in the temple if you come through the altar. I'm going to try and explain to this, especially if you're, you're new to church. You see, in the Old Testament, a broken altar preceded a broken nation. In the New Testament, a broken altar precedes a broken life or a broken church. And we, in our lives, have to make sure that if we work on the temple, we have to go through the altar. Because if you don't go through the altar, you'll turn the temple into a shrine. Yes? And you will never see the glory of God in your life. Yes? You know, in 1 Kings 18, we see the same principle. God wants to bring his glory and bring fire down from heaven. But the first thing Elijah had to do is he had to rebuild the altar. The Bible says that the altar was lying in ruins. And if you, if you have a ruined altar, you'll have a ruined life. Especially if you are a Christian. Yes? You see, the altar is important in our lives and in a church because the altar... And I'm not talking about a physical altar, like in the Old Testament. I'm really pleased that God didn't ask me to 
to, to drive with the bull on top of my car all the way from Nottingham. Yeah, that would be a pretty gross thing, like, like on the Top Gear uh, program, if you watch that. But in the Old Testament, the, the altar was a place of complete worship. It was a place of obedience. It was a place of sacrifice. It was a place of surrender. The altar was a place of love. And when you made a sacrifice on the altar, you knew that God was with people because the aroma of the altar went into the atmosphere. The people knew when they was close to God because they smelt it in the atmosphere. And if we live with a fully built altar, a place of worship in our lives, a place of, of surrender, a place of saying, God, what you want to do, let your will be done, there's going to be aroma in this place of God. Amen. I don't know, I've even felt that today. I feel very at home, and I'm trying very quick to finish this message. I know you may have a busy afternoon. What does the altar look like in our lives? Well, thankfully, it says in Luke 22, verse 42, and this is Jesus now, which we take our example from. And this is what an altar looks like in the Mount of Olives. Jesus bows and he says these amazing words. He says, not my will, but yours be done. And he put his life on the altar. And if you want to be successful in your life, if you want to grow in faith, this church is going to grow from strength to strength. We've got to continue to put sometimes our, our preferences and how we want to do things and how we feel things should be done. We've got to put it on the altar. Yes? Because if not, you'll make the temple into a shrine. And maybe in your life today, you think, God, again, I need to put my life on the altar. Maybe carrying some areas of frustration or some difficulties either in the life of the church or in your own life. Maybe today, I want to pray for some people at the end very quick to say, God, again, I'm putting this on your altar. Amen? Because if you look after the altar, the glory will look after itself. Everyone with me? Last point, if you look after the mission, the glory will look after itself. Mark 2, we get this amazing story where we have, we find some men on a mission. These men, out of nowhere, starts carrying a broken man on a mat. And they knew that in themselves, that they had no power to make this man well. But they knew they had a mission. I don't know how the conversation started, but someone in that group must have had some faith. They knew Jesus was preaching at a certain house, and they knew that Jesus could do miracles. And I just imagine these guys just walking, uh, going to church, and they see this broken man. And I'm sure this broken man had lots of situations where people just walked past him. But at this time, these men just stopped. And they said, this man... He needs to witness the glory of God. The Bible says that each of them picked up a corner and they carried this broken man. And the wonderful thing about the story, they went to this, into the house where Jesus was preaching. There was that many people there. They couldn't get in the front door. And then they didn't just say, oh, we're going to give up now. The Bible says that they, they walked through the crowd and I just imagine the men just Getting the broken man and all this crowd is crowd surfing. Yes? 
to get to the house. And then not deterred by that, they then turn into Spider-Man and they start climbing up the walls of this house with this man. And, and, and that's, that's a heavy thing. And they're not deterred by that. They get into the roof of the house because they, if, if you look after the mission, the glory will look after itself. And they get into the house and, 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 and they're smashing, smashing, wanting to break through the roof of this house. And I could just imagine Jesus preaching inside the house and, and he's speaking to the man who owns the house and he says, I really hope you've got house insurance. <laughs> and then they make a hole in this house, in the roof, and they lower this broken man down and Jesus is like and he, the, the Bible says when Jesus saw their not the broken man's faith when he saw their faith this broken man was lowered at the feet of Jesus and Jesus says your sins have been forgiven. And take up your mat and walk. And you know, you as Restore Church, you know, you can't have vision. You can't have vision without weight. The heavier the vision, the heavier the weight. And I applaud you and urge you that the vision of this house today, you all pick up the vision you all take responsibility for your corner. Whether that's welcoming people, whether that's serving tea and coffee, whether that's worship, whether it's being, and do to say some of you need to say, I want to pray for my church every day. Whether that's taking out uh, uh, Pastor Steve a meal when he, and say, Steve, you're doing well. Come on, I want to encourage you. Because we want to see broken people in Plymouth. You see, I'm here because in 1996 I was in one of the biggest underground nightclubs in Europe. And I heard a voice of God. He said, Andy, God, you know my name. Then he says, God, he says, God, I, I, Andy, I need you to speak to these people. And this is what I said. I was in a nightclub and I won't go into the details of what was happening in the nightclub because this is a holy place. And I said, God, these people around, they look like they're happy. They look like they're having fun. And so if they don't need you, you don't need me. What a clever answer that is, eh? And God just said, yeah. But you don't see what I see. You see a pointing generation. I see a broken generation. And I want to encourage all of you today. To pick up your corner. Because if you look after the mission, the glory will look after itself. Today I wonder how many of the 265,000 people living in Plymouth are needing the restoring power of Jesus like that man on the mat. On October the 12th, 1805, on the eve of the great Battle of Trafalgar, Lord Nelson shared this message to his crew. He says, England expects, England expects every man to do his duty. And if I can say this with all humility, God, the creator of the universe, 
expect every person in this place to do his duty. Amen? Because if you look after the mission, the glory will look after itself. I finish with this. God says, I will glorify the place of my feet. He says in Ezekiel chapter 43, and I'm coming to an end now. Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 4 to 7. Listen to this. Please catch it. The glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the majesty of the Lord. And in Bible times, it was Shekinah glory, but in the New Testament, we know greater glory, meaning Jesus. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing the east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from the inside the temple. And this is what he says. Listen, he says, he said, son of man, this is the place of my throne. And in this place. And this place is a place for the soles of my feet. You know, the word restoration is really important. Because it's not just a word, it was a word derived from an event. I don't know if you know that. Because in 1660, there was a time in our history where the, the king had been dethroned. Yes? And restoration derived from this event because, <coughs> excuse me, it speaks about the king coming back to his throne. And I want to say you can only be restored, church, if you put Jesus and God on his throne. And I believe that I'm discharging God's word into your life, into this atmosphere. Because the prophetic role is, is to restore the throne of God. And we just pray today that you're going to look after the vision because God will look after the glory. You're going to look after um, the, what was it? The altar. If you, re, if you come through the altar, God's glory will look after itself. And if you look after the mission, God is going to look after itself. Today at the heart of restoration of our lives and in the life of this house and for many churches here, today we say, God, let this be place of your throne that this be a place where you can walk in easily let our lives and our heart and our spirit be a place where you can you can walk through because Plymouth doesn't need just a church it needs a church that pours out your glory our nation doesn't just need churches it needs churches that will outpour your glory. I'm going to come to an end right now, but I want maybe for some people to do something very brave. With every heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say that maybe today you just feel in your heart that you want to, maybe you're living off yesterday's vision and today you want to say, God, I want to step in to today's vision. Open my eyes. If that's you today, I want you to stand to your feet. 
anyone wants to say, God, I want to see some new vision today. Maybe today you've got a broken altar and you've got a broken altar and you need to say, God, I know I've got to rebuild the altar. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet and respond to God, not me, where you say, God, maybe there's some things in your life right now where you say, God, I've got to hand them you. Hallelujah. And maybe there's some people here that as I've been speaking about carrying the culture, the corner and the mission, maybe right now there's people here where you are getting excited and you want to stand and say, God, I'm standing for you. I'm going to carry the corner. Why don't you just stand to your feet right now if you just feel those three challenges. Jesus. We welcome your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, I just pray for this church and these people stood. And for us as a congregation, that we honor yesterday's vision. We celebrate yesterday's vision. But today, we pray that we'll embrace new vision. That we would anoint the Davids so we will see giants in our land slain for the glory of God. Lord, I just pray for those people who feel that the altar in their life has been broken. Lord, I just pray that as they come, that they will have that true sense of worship, that they will restore that place of surrender. They will restore that place of love where they would come to your altar and worship you. Because when they do, the glory of God is going to pour out of their lives. I just pray for people here who have been in this service and that you've spoke to them and you've felt an urge of the Holy Spirit to say, God, I want to carry my corner. I want to see broken people restored. Lord, I just pray right now that you would strengthen these people. That you would bless these people. That you would encourage these people. And that they would see with their own eyes people who've had a season of brokenness and weeping where their sins would be forgiven. And that we would see people all over Plymouth in this area take up their mat and walk. We worship you in this place. We love you, Jesus. And all God's people said, Thanks for listening, church. God bless. Amen. Just Amen. Amen. Becky, why don't you join us? Becky. Just as we come to a close, we're going to go have some food in a second. But I just, there are many churches represented here. We're one of them. Can you just pray for Restore Church, guys? And can you pray for the churches of Plymouth? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And uh, we can look around, God, and see a world that can seem hopeless. And yet we know that you have a vision, and we know that your heart, God, is to see churches, God, right across our nation, God, uh, step out and do something amazing for your glory. And when we come and we say we are your servants, God, you pour your glory Hallelujah. and your vision upon us. And so, Father, I want to pray for every church that is represented here, as well as the one we're standing in right now. I just pray that we will see a greater work 
um, a greater work, Father, than we have ever seen before, because the time is now. We have been called uh, into this generation for such a time Hallelujah. as this, Father. And we have been called right now. And so I just pray if people maybe who are leading churches are maybe feeling tired and uh, Jesus. they're maybe feeling like they don't quite know what to do next. God, I pray for a fresh vision and a Hallelujah. fresh impartation yes. into their lives, God. And I, I just get a sense of a vision of a stream. We've been talking about water. And when you walk into that, that God is just going to show you which way to go. And um, he's going to take you the way you need to go and, yeah. and show you what you need to do. And uh, I just pray for a fresh outpouring and a fresh, um, just a fresh anointing of yeah. you across this place in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Today I see um, a row of dominoes that God has strategically placed. If you want dominoes to, to build momentum, everything has to be in the right place. Lord, I've just heard and witnessed that through your divine hand and purpose, you have placed people in divine places, not by accident, not by a human's will, but your plan. And today is the day, and I pray from this day forth, that we will see the first domino fall, and everything will flow. Lord, I just pray that this be a new day for Restore Church. Lord, I just pray for all of the church ministers, that it will be a new day for them. That God is going to move in this place. God's going to move in Plymouth. God's going to move in this area and this. An area, if I can say it politely, that is sometimes forgotten in the media. It's kind of out here. But Lord, we believe you're going to do a great work in this place. And as dominoes fall, people are going to see your kingdom and your glory pour out from this place. And all God said, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Thank you, Pastor Becky. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. It's been such a special day for us. Special thanks to the Lord Mayor and Consort. Thank you. And uh, we just want to continue. We want to celebrate. If you've got time to hang around, the coffee house is going to be open. We've got food that's available for you guys and we'd love just to share some time of fellowship and celebration. Uh, the doors are going to open in a second but I need to tell you would